0: 20th of July. Now, listen carefully. Come on now. Listen. Got an important point. Here, listen carefully. What is the 20th of July famous for in history? No, this is a historical day. Well, don't look bored and shrug your shoulders. It is a historical day. I mean, a really... uh, uh, in, In contemporary history. Really? Think carefully. Now, you know about it. In fact, the word 20th of July, the phrase has even been used to describe the incident. Gas rope? What's that? I don't know what that means. Castro? No, that was the 26th of July. (laughs) July's been a hell of a a month for historical things. What with the 4th and all of it, you know. Now, come on. What is the... Come on, now now think. Now, think very carefully. The 20th of July. I'll give you a clue. They even made, in the last couple of years, a major movie about the incident that occurred on the 20th of July. You know, (laughs) I'm telling you, I'm telling you, why is it that my head is chock a block? What was that? I see. He, he, did, 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 did it, did it, did it, did it, was, did, what you said? Did it seem like what you said in here? It sounded like you said in here that uh, it was the 20th of July that the Mets clinched ninth place. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> two years ago. <laughs> no, I'm curious. Uh, why is it? Not, I don't know. Uh, it seems to me, now, I, I just kind of, before we get started with tonight's fiasco on this side, it just, it just seems to me that there are two kinds of people in this world. There's the one kind of person, uh, person type one, is the kind who uh, whose mind is refreshingly clear of the impedimentia of the world. And then there's the other kind whose mind is a vast garbage heap of disoriented, completely unrelated facts. Now, if I were unkind, I could call the first type dull, ignorant klutzes. I could call the second type people who are deeply concerned over the world in which they live. And so they gather facts and ideas. Now, come on, the 20th of July. You don't know. How about (laughs) <laughs> you don't know either. <laughs> well, the 20th of July, all right, I'll tell you what I'll do. I I, I'm, I, I, think I'll just keep that in the veins. I'll hold that in. No, no, I'm not going to tell you. now. Why should I? You know, it's, it's taken me a long time to learn all these things. Why should I just like that tell them to you, you know? I know the 20th of July is a famous date in history. And I'll just let you marinate a while out there thinking about it. The 20th of July. And that's the... Uh, Let's see, the 20th of July, in an unspecified time in the past, I will not tell you what it was, what time it was, an event occurred, which guys are still writing detailed books about, and they will be writing about it for like 150, maybe even, even 500 years. And eventually, huh? I can't tell you, it sounds like you said that, uh, uh, I couldn't even tell you it, <laughs> well, all right, the 20th of July, suffice it to say, friends, is a great moment or was a not not great I mean it didn't uh, it, was a, it was a pivotal moment in uh, contemporary history. I'll give you that clue. It has to do with the 20th century. and uh, it's a very interesting date in history had great repercussions, and uh, in fact, uh, there are some historians who are believing that the repercussions are not yet totally over. The 20th of July, an unspecified time in the historically recent past. Now, Hitler... Uh-oh. I told you. You mean you still don't get it? Look, I threw a clue at you. You know, that's like saying... uh Fourth of July, what does it mean? Then I said later on, it says, uh, George Washington. <laughs> I mean, you still don't get it? All right, fine, I won't say anything about it. You know, speaking of, uh, uh, you, you, you can't find this. Uh, uh, the 20th of July, by the way, also is a historical personal date for me. Because on this date, um, 20th of July, V.E. Day, for crying out loud... V.E. Day, the 20th of July. Now, now you're just guessing. You're just reaching out. But nothing is sadder than to see a person faking it. I mean, the, faking it. V.E. Day. Well, one time, the 20th of July, I had a... It's, it's funny how these things bore right into your mind. You know that the 20th of July, I had one of the great traumatic experiences of my life? It's a personal history. We all have a personal history, and there's two kinds of history. There's the world history, and, you know, that's all the other people, all the stuff that you read about my the paper, and then, you're, then you're, there is your own personal history. But on the 20th of July, over 1,275 years ago, I attended my first, and really, seriously, my only major horse race. Do I have to ask you what happened at it? Well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what happened at it <laughs> By a fantastic mistake, I don't—I never never figure out how it how it happened. I was about fifteen, say, and you know how mail comes to your house and it's marked "occupant." You open it up, and it says three hundred dollars on your signature only, that kind of stuff, or or you, it'll say "occupant apartment three B," and you open it up and it says five uh, cent off on a bar of Lifebuoy soap. You know, this great mail, really exciting kind of mail. Or you get the the Gristidi Flyer for the month, and they're selling ham hocks you now, three cents off this week. You know, you, that kind of excite. Ooh, that bugs me. When I got that kind of mail. And uh, yet, you know that there are some people in this world that are so totally lonely and totally out of touch with the world that they uh, you can you can buy for five dollars a year. You can buy a subscription to a company that will send you junk mail. That just sends you all this junk mail. Yeah, you know. Advertisements for for uh, you know concerts that are being given in uh, San Diego for the ladies of the Christian Temperance Union that kind of stuff. But uh, nevertheless, uh, I'm 15. One of the great moments in my life. I'm, you know, you you just never. That's why I'm always excited every time I see mail. Are you excited when you see mail that comes to you, your name on it, with uh, unexplained envelopes? <laughs> yeah, sometimes it can be real exciting. I'll tell you. <laughs> oh man, I've gotten some to turn you know curl my hair just to read it. But nevertheless, uh, I'm I'm 15. You know, and up this point I never get much mail. So, you know, once in a while I get a invitation to some kid's birthday party or I get a Christmas card from my aunt Glenn that kind of jazz. And I'm 15, and it's July. Now don't ask me how this happened. It was a, it was a mistake somewhere along the line. Somebody made a terrible mistake in the mailing list. And I'm 15, and I come home from playing ball. It's the middle of July, and I'm hot and sweaty. And there on the on the kitchen table is the mail. My old man gets a mail, and he gets mail like bills and jazz like that. And my mother says, uh, oh, there's a letter for you. I said, a letter? She says, yeah, it's on the table there. I said, what is it? She said, I don't know. I don't open your mail. I said, well, that's very kind. I don't open yours either. <laughs> never know, you know, we got all these secret things going on. I said, uh, uh, all right, uh, very good. So I pick up the letter, and the letter is a plain envelope, totally plain envelope. And it's kind of lumpy. Something in there, see? So I take the envelope, and I don't want to open it in front of my mother. You never know, you know. So I take this envelope, and I go and, you know, I take it out, and I go on the front porch. We get the swing. I open the thing up. I shake it. And out drops. Something that I could not believe. I mean, it, was, it was an incredible thing to get in the mail when you're 15 years old. And with it was a letter. And I read the letter, and it said, Dear Mr. Shepard, we are privileged to extend to you the pass which is enclosed. This pass will admit you at any time during our regular meetings. And this pass is extended only to citizens of exceptional value, worth, and solidity. I'm 15, sitting there with sweat ripping off, you know. I've been playing down at the softball park all afternoon, and I got hit in the back of the head with a couple of shots, and, and my tennis shoes are kind of sweaty. And there I am, a citizen of solidity and worth. Somebody nailed me a pass. And it was from the management. Now, I'm telling you, it was signed the management of Arlington Park. Had you ever heard of Have you ever heard of Arlington Park? Well, you heard of Aqueduct. Well, Arlington Park is the Chicago version, friends, of Aqueduct. I had been mailed a pass to Arlington Park. I am 15, and it actually has my name on it and it was typewritten, and it was signed. What did I do? Listen, man. <laughs> I, I can't hear you. Yeah. It said, Gene Shepard, Jr. That ain't my old man. That is me, boy. And I get this thing It says, you know, and it had a number on it, you know, red letters, and it said, uh, this is not transferable. said on a little blue pass. And it had this black silhouette of a horse running, you know, this stretching out forward. You could see this. It was like an old print of a thoroughbred horse. You could see the jockey hanging on it. And it said, the management of Arlington Park is privileged to extend free pass facilities. We'll admit you to the clubhouse. Holy smokes. And I took this thing and I knew right away this was something you don't show the old man, because if the old man ever got a hold of that, forget it. You know that's the end of it. So I take this thing and I stick it in my pocket. Well, and you know, I'm all excited about this. And about two days later, it's the first thing I ever got in my life that was free. See, little did I realize how you know free. What a joke! About two days later, I'm with this girl and I said, "Say, uh... name was Dorothy." I said, "Say, uh... How about, uh, do you like to have a date, uh, say, uh, Saturday? She says, yes, that would be great. Where we go? You know, expecting the usual kid stuff down at the Orpheum. You know, know, afterwards to the Red Rooster for a cheeseburger. I said, "Uh, oh, I thought I'd uh, go to the races. She says, what? I said, well, I thought I'd go to the races. She says, what races? I says, the horse races. What do you mean, what races? The horse races. The horse races. Where are the horse races? Oh, Arlington Park. I uh, have a pass, you know. They only give that to certain people, that solidity, solid. She says, horse races. Gee, I better tell my ma. I said, no, I wouldn't do that. I said, "Uh, why don't we just, Go and uh, you can tell her we're going to the Orpheum or something. We just go, huh? The races. She says yes. See, I've discovered over the years that women are particularly susceptible to sin. Do you agree with that, man? That's right. That that have you noticed that all the great preachers are men? Uh huh. That's right. <laughs> You know, already I'm beginning to feel a little rotten deep non-inside about this. You know, I'm going to the races. And, and uh, you know, I'm 15. You don't often go to the races by yourself when you're 15. So instinctively, I knew I better do something. I better wear my, you know, my, my real clothes. You know, I had this electric blue sport coat. And uh, I had this silver tie that my Aunt Gwen had given me for graduation from eighth grade. It was a silver tie. I had a hand-painted snail on it. And I wore the tie... And uh, I wore my gray flannel slacks, the ones we got at Bonds. You know, <laughs> the guy with the pleats, you know, and the whole jazz. I had these two-tone shoes, you know, the saddle shoes with the, with the checkered laces. And so I'm all dressed up, you know, I'm playing grown-up, you know. And I knew that somehow if I showed up with this thing and I looked like I'm 15, somehow 15-year-old kids did not get into Arlington all by themselves. And so I had this pass, and I had it in my wallet. Now, I had this wallet that had a picture of Roy Acuff on it, and uh, <laughs> you know who Roy Acuff is, don't you? Yeah, you know, the hillbilly singers say I sent to it the WLS. They were giving away free Roy Acuff wallets if you chewed enough spearmint gum or something, and I, I had this picture of Roy Acuff and had his, had his actual signature on it. It said, Roy Acuff, good luck, partner. And uh, I had this wallet, so I stick a pass in there. It had a little glass envelope inside. I said, pass in there. It's just to be admitted free to Arlington Park. And so that's Saturday, I'm all dressed up. My mother says, "Where are you going?" "Mom, well, taking Dorothy out." She says, "Well, where are you going?" "Mom, well, going down to to the Orpheum." She says, "Oh, that's nice. You're dressed up, aren't you? Pretty dressed up for the Saturday afternoon at the movies." "Oh yeah, well, I just thought I'd dress up. Dorothy wants to dress up." Well, that's nice. Have a good time, and all week. See, I've been working on the old man. I borrowed the Pontiac. See, I was just at the point where I had this learner's permit, and uh, where I could take the car out. The old man would only give me the car, you know, like uh, on days when he's going to sleep all day. You know, yeah. I had this old. My my old man, when whenever he had his day off, he would sleep all day practically. Then he would get up and he'd drink a bottle of beer and walk around. Look out of the house. And, uh, this was his day off, usually. Listen to the ball game, that kind of stuff. And so it is Saturday, and I have borrowed the Pontiac. And like from about Wednesday on, I have polished this Pontiac. I want to tell you that thing. You could not even look at it in the sunshine without fear of, you know, burning the retina of your eyes right out. That thing was polished. The old man was re- you know, he'd, he'd say, yeah, it's very nice. At the, he, he'd sit out in the back porch and watch me work on the grill with this pink, he had this pink goo they used on the chrome. You've seen that stuff? Oh, you should have seen that car. Saturday arrives bright and clear. Beautiful day. Now I knew enough about going to the races that you gotta have dough to go to the races. Even if you get in free, there's no point in going to the races and you, you know, unless you put a couple of you know, bucks on something. And I didn't know I had no idea how you bet on a horse. I didn't know. In fact, I didn't even know any of the horses. I never never heard of any horses except once in a while when I'm looking at the White Sox line score, you know, it would be a thing like, uh, uh, you know, like uh, feedback, wins at the fort, that kind of stuff, you know, or, or uh, Doggerino, Cops, Triple Crown. And I, didn't, I knew nothing whatsoever. I'm, I do not come from a horsey background, friends. The only horse in our family was Aunt Min. And uh, that's a horse of another color, you know. There's a totally different scene. And so, <laughs> you know, she a large lady with big teeth. And so, never the, my mother used and <laughs> that was another thing, See, she was my, my, my father's sister, so my mother could get away with calling her a horse. So, nevertheless, my idea of horses were, once in a while, you would see a horse in the middle distance. Off, when you went to Lincoln Park, you would see a lady riding a horse. I had never really been within maybe 30 feet of an actual live living horse. And so, Saturday dawns, and all that, all that month, see, I had this paper out all that month, I've been putting away my dough. I had these, uh, you know, I'd make about 84 cents a week, and I'm putting the dough away. And now it arrives that Saturday, and I have saved up $2.75 out of my paper route money. And that's what I'm going to bet on you. Know, 2 That's a lot of dough, see? So I got the money in my wallet. We go off, get in the car, and off we go. I had no idea how to get. Uh, I remember that fantastic trek. I had no idea how to even get to Arlington Park. It was somewhere out in the suburbs. Uh, once in a while, there'd be, you know, there'd be a picture in a paper of Arlington Park. So I drove into a shell station. I remember the first thing I drive into the shell station. It's in the middle of the steel mill district. You know, there's steel mills all over the place. And I drive into the shell station and I drive up to the guy and I, and I notice the old man's got about a quarter of a tank of gas in the car, see? So I drive in. And uh, and he says, uh, shall I fill it up? Fill it up. You know that that uh, I don't think twice in my entire memory as a kid do I remember even my old man getting the car filled up. That was like the epitome of wealth, to so drive in and say, fill it up, you know. And uh, I said, no, I'll have uh, one, please. Now, make it two. Make it two. And he says, oh, all right. <laughs> you know, that snotty way, all right, all right. And then he very elaborately, you know, there's there's all kinds of ways to put a guy down. He very elaborately started to clean the windshield. You know, with that five rags going, he squirts the green stuff all over the windshield. He says, well, all right, okay. And he, he looks in and he sees this chick, Dorothy, this beautiful girl sitting there next to me, you know. And she's all excited. She's going to the races. This guy's giving her the eyeball. And the guy is cleaning my windshield, he's putting me down because I've only ordered two gallons, you know. When you, when you work in a gas station, there's two different ways. When, when the big fat guy with the caddy comes in, you make a whole point of not cleaning his windshield. That's your way of putting them. But when the guy drives in, you know, with the 18-year-old Ford and says, Two, you make a... The, the way you put him down is by elaborately cleaning the windshield and going in, into, the, into the gas station and getting your vacuum cleaner and asking if you want to clean out the trunk, you know. Uh, would you care for me to check the tires? Would you like me to wash your hair while you're here? Maybe uh, do a little manicure or something on you know. And I'm <laughs> I'm sitting in the car there, and I don't know this stuff yet. You know, I'm well, you know, they'll be take. I'm sort of the guys cleaning the windshield, and then I hit him. This is why I really went in. See, I said to him, "Oh, say, uh, uh, fella, uh, could you give me uh, directions to get to uh, Arlington Park?" She says, Arlington Park? I says, yes, uh, Arlington Park, the uh, Arlington Park. You mean Lincoln Park? I said, no, not Lincoln Park. That's where they had the zoo. See, that's where kids usually went, you know. I says, no, not Lincoln Park. You mean Jackson Park? I said, no, not Jack. That was another place where they had a second-rate zoo. I said, no, not Jackson Park, Arlington Park. You talking about the ponies, kid? I said, well, I suppose you might say that. Yes, I'm talking about the ponies. How do you get there? And I'm trying to radiate at none of your lip, slave. And he says, oh, Arlington Park. Well, I better ask Charlie. Hey, Charlie! And he hollers, you know, and here's Charlie sitting back there drinking an orange drink. Hey, Charlie! How do you get to Arlington Park? This kid wants to know. And four guys look up, you know, sitting around a gas station. There's a kid going to Arlington Park. <laughs> and and I, wanna, I must point out that uh, as 15, now when I look back at pictures of me of the period, I looked a good, solid 10. <laughs> I mean, a good, solid 10, which reminds me, speaking of immaturity, this is WOR, friends, and, uh, you know, radio-free Broadway here. And so, <laughs> oh, man, what a drag. So uh, I'm, 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 I'm sitting in the front seat of this car, you know, I'm getting that itchy feeling, I'm starting to sweat, you know, I figure this guy's really putting me on. And and he's very elaborately now, he's taken the nozzle of the of the gas pump, see, and he's draining the last drop out of it. This is another way to put a guy down his order, too, so, you, you know, you, you squeeze the hose, you know, and it's... <laughs> You know, and and, and uh, you know the the bill comes for fifty two cents, something like that. Say, well, you know, I'm shooting my wad. I've only got about a, about two seventy five in my pocket. See, so I reach down, I take out the, you know, the, the the change, and I give it to him. And I says, okay. And uh, I'm spent now. Now I've got two dollars and a quarter left in my pocket. And uh, he says, oh hey Charlie, you mean you take you go along uh what what Western Avenue, yeah? You turn right at Western, and what do you do, huh? Oh, yeah. Archer Avenue, huh? You take it all the way out, and then what do you do, huh? Forest Preserve Road, you go out through where? Home? Uh, oh, yeah, I see. Yeah, out through Blue Island, out that way, huh? Yeah, okay, Charlie, yeah, all right. What well, kid, you go out through Blue Island, take uh, Western Avenue, and you turn right at Archer Avenue, you take up all the way, follow the car tracks, right? Okay, kid, and about, by that time, you know, some trucks pulled up behind me, saying, how I go? Oh, smoke! It's, we are 18 million miles from this place, and the sun is out. And and I had read now. Though I must I must preface this that I had read in the papers about the race. Now, see, I'm all excited. And and in the paper it said that this day, and it was one of those coincidences on July 20th. This day, one of the great horses of all time, which of course he wasn't. at you know, he was he was a horse then. See, but he later became one of the great horses of all time. One of the great horses of all time is running at Arlington Park that Saturday. And there were pictures of him in the paper you know, with this jockey sitting on top of him. And above it says, uh, winner of the Fig Newton Derby, winner of the, uh, you know, the Cranstraw Handicap, and so on. It's just, uh, a great three-year-old that's going today. Odds, uh, odds on favorite that cop the Arlington Handicap, whatever the heck it was. And, so, so and, and I knew the race was, was going to be at 2.30. Sitting so in the paper, there here is about 11 o'clock in the morning, and so I'm sweating. So we start out down Western Avenue, and we're going through all the used car lots. And and, and they didn't have any signs that said uh, uh, Arlington Park that way. Not in that neighborhood, they didn't anyway. So I turned down Archer Avenue. Archer Avenue, if you don't know anything about Chicago, Archer Avenue is like... Well, you know how 6th Avenue is, friends, in the, in the 30s, in rush hour? You know what that's like? Well, if you were to extend that for over 250 miles, that's Archer Avenue. It's full of trucks, streetcar tracks. It's full of uh, cigar butts, beer cans. It's full of, uh, you know, those great melange of stuff. So I start driving along Archer Avenue as far as I can drive, and I'm behind the giant truck and big gases pulling up in the car and uh, the horns are honking and we're inching our way slow and I see my watch I've got this Mickey Mouse watch and I can see I could see about every 20 minutes we're getting later and later and now it's just about 10 minutes to 2 and I'm halfway up Archer Avenue all the way across Chicago on the far west side out by the airport somewhere and by God there it was a sign said Arlington Park that way big red arrow I turned left, and uh, at fifteen, uh, you know, when you're at uh, at that particular point in life, you are very wild with cars. I floored that baby, and we took off down, going west out that long road. And I could see other guys going, but they were different kinds of guys. I could see other guys going in cars and cabs and stuff, all heading towards that same place. And I noticed, for one thing, they all had slanty eyes. I noticed they're all they they've all got this look. This looked like guys right out of Class B gangster pictures, you know, and they're all heading out towards Arlington Park. And then, at exactly 20 minutes past 2, I will always remember the time because I'm frantically driving. I'm driving like a madman. It's 20 minutes past 2. There it is, Arlington Park, standing out there with a gigantic parking lot all around it. And guys are waving the cars in all over the place. Flags are flying. I can see thousands of people. You know, that excitement, you know, that whole business. And I am at the races. And sitting next to me is Dorothy, that beautiful chick wearing that light yellow dress in the summertime, looking so great. And so I drive up to the main gate, great big gate, and I see off to the right, it says, Passes, this way. I got to pass it. Oh, man. So I drive up to the pass gate, and this guard comes out. He's got his gray suit with a big badge on the top. He says, what do you want, kid? I sit there. excuse me here. And I whip out my Roy Acuff wallet. With Roy Acuff's signature on it that says, uh, good luck, partner. I whip out my wallet, and I says, uh, here, uh, I'd, uh, like to get in. He takes a look at this, and he says, who are you? I says, I am Gene Shepard, Jr. Looks at the pass again, and says, Gene Shepherd." He says, oh, get out of there, kid, Gene Shepard, Jr. That's a girl's name. I said, see, that's my name, Gene Shepard, Jr., let me see a driver's license. I had a, I had a beginner learner's permit, see? I said, Oh, of course. So I take my wallet and I go back in the back there where I had all my baseball cards and I go, <laughs> go past that, see? And I, yeah, I had a couple of really rare ones, you know, that I kept there for safekeeping. So I go back and I whipped it out. I said, Here you are, sir. Yeah. Well, okay. He figured that I was the son of of some board of directors member or some jazzy thing like that and he wasn't going to rock the boat. So he says, well, okay. So I stick my Roy Acuff wallet back in my my uh, J.C. Penny light blue, electric blue sport jacket and we drive into the parking lot. Gigantic parking lot. 18 million cars. So I drive as close to the park as I can get and we hop out of the car and I can hear from inside this park, you can see this flags flying, great, big, beautiful grandstands and, you know, I've gone to about five or six major league ball games up to this point, and, you know, that excitement of always, you know, the feeling of arriving in front of a of a great stadium where there are people, and something is already going on in there, you hear, Wah! the roar of the crowd, oh, Wow! oh, that's well, one, that's one of the great moments to arrive out in front, like, say, in front of Yankee Stadium, and you're about a half an inning late, and you don't know what's happened, say, and then you hear inside the stadium, you hear, wah, 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 an announcement. Then you hear, "Wow!" You know, what happened? What happened? Holy smokes! Wow! Even foul balls that are hit sound good when you're outside of the stadium. You know, and so I hear this crowd inside this place, "Wow!" And so we were charging through the parked cars. And Dorothy's getting all excited and sweaty, and the sun is beating down. The flags are flying. And now we come to the place where you go in, actually go in. See, there's a, all kinds of turnstiles. Guys are going in with checkered coats. Guys are there with ladies with, uh, with, with very, very skinny, very tight red dresses. Guys who look like they never see the, the light of day. You know, the only time is once in a while when there's, a, when there's something really good running at Arlington, they wake up. You know, the real sporting life, you know, the guy, the guys with the straw hats, they're all going in, see, and they've, they've got big watts of dough, and they're counting their money, they're all <laughs> you're going, and I get to this big crowd. And I get up to the turnstile, there's a guy standing there, saying he's taking the tickets. I flash him my thing. He says, Let me see that. Uh huh. He turns around, he says, Hey, Mac, you know a shepherd? And the guy's sitting back at the the desk says, oh, Mr. Shepherd, of course, he's all right. Good God. (laughs) You know, I figured at the last minute I'm going to get caught, you know. And he says, of course, he's all right. Yes, of course, I'm all right. (laughs) I take my Roy Acuff wallet and put it back in. The turnstile swings twice, and me and Dorothy are inside. Holy smokes. We're in there, the stands, and these guys are selling programs, and I could see I'd never seen this before. It's a long line of windows. A long line of windows, and it says uh, $2. That's a dollar sign. It says $2, $10. <laughs> never mind. I've never seen this. Line. $50, $100. And there's a great big long line you know, in front of the $2 witness. And <laughs> so when I walk in, and I don't know what to do. I have no idea what I'm about to do. And I just see the thousands of people running around. Obviously, it's between races. See, I didn't know that. I hear these guys are running back and forth. And I see, and the ground is covered with all kinds of little pieces of paper, yellow paper, red paper, you know. And, I, you know, I, I can't figure out what all this is about because I'm used to baseball stadiums, you know. And so then I hear inside, I hear this voice saying, oh, well, it's already up the pass for town, huh? Oh, best time now for the second race. And I uh, and, up. Ah, and these guys rush like mad. I see all these guys running past me. I say, what the hell? You know, they run past me like a great herd. And I say, quick, Dorothy, hurry up, quick. And so I grab her, and we run out, and we can't see anything. There are thousands of people out there. And I can just see a lot of, you know, balloons and people yelling. And I, and I hear And I hear this point. And I my Hello, we're out now, coming in on the round, at the 16th pole, number 10, and I'm leaving in at the field of my house. And I'll approach the And at the final line, it's Figueroa, number one, and uh, Big Newton, number two, and Big Charlie, number three. And the final line, and the odds will now be post-official in just one minute. And the, wow, and the crowd cheers. Holy smokes. What, man, yeah, what is this? Well, we we we've, we get into this giant crowd now. Guys are walking around, and drinking beer. Other guys, you know, everybody. And I, I can't figure out why everybody's mad. I see guys tearing stuff up and throwing things down. <laughs> what the heck? They just don't do this at baseball games. And they're tearing stuff up, walking around. Other guys are arguing with other guys. I saw a fist fight break out. You know, some guy's hollering at another one, hits him in the mouth. I said, hey, come on, all right, let's go. And so we walk around back under the grandstands. I said, let's get out to the field there, where they are, where where, where the horses are, something. So we walk out through a door, big gate, goes in the middle of a gigantic field, and cut in, and I see my first horse. There is a horse, a real live horse, and there's a guy standing next to. You know, there's a lot of people all around it, and here's this horse standing there, big mane flying. He's got a big number twelve on the side. I said, look, a racehorse, Dorothy. Yeah, We'd seen this stuff in the movies. You know, Mickey Rooney's always riding them horses. <laughs> you know, Elizabeth Taylor always owns this horse called The Runt, see? And they win the, you know, the Kentucky Derby, the whole scene, see? And gee, I, 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 I never realized it was so big. That horse was 30 feet tall, you know, great, big, you know. And he's standing there, and he's throwing his head around, and looks real mad, you know, the in, in, in the... Well, they don't look like that in the pictures, you know, you know. You know how Elizabeth Taylor's always petting them and it's licking her all the time. This guy's got two great big eyeballs and big teeth. Ah, he flicks his head, and the jockey hits him just on a crack, you know. <laughs> the horse. And then they, they lead him out. See, they, off he goes into the shed. Holy smokes, a real horse. Gee, that was a good one. I bet a boy, oh boy, wow. <laughs> that sure looked like a good one. And. <laughs> Oh already I'm being sucked into the mystique. I said, "What a good look! Did you notice the muscles on that horse?" He says, yeah. boy he 's a great big red one you know he had this little little saddle in his back, and this jockey i 'll tell you, the jockey was two and a half feet tall he was, even, he was even littler than Tommy Watts in our neighborhood. you know Tommy Watts was the local patsy, you know he was the guy that we just kicked around when you know we went to get a little exercise, and there he was, this little jockey and he had this big hat on with the big goggles, and you know? he hits that horse. I said, holy smokes, look at that. Wow, you know. And I could see this jockey was an angry-looking little guy. He did not look at all like Mickey Rooney. Nothing. And little did I realize who I was looking at at the time. See, I'll tell you later on. See, he gives that horse a crack, and this other man comes over, and now the crowd surges back, and we go wandering through this giant crowd, and then I saw the track. You could see it out there. It was, you know, I'm looking right down at it. It's, it's, I never realized that the track is made up of all kinds of, like, cinders and mixed up dirt and stuff like that. Somehow tracks, you know, you always, you just don't know what they're made of. And, look, it's, and it's real soft. The track is out there. And there's a guy driving his truck, and he's dragging a track. You know how they do between the races. He's got this big thing. Boy, I'm getting all excited. Holy smokes. I noticed there's a scoreboard, you know. That's a very interesting thing, that scoreboard. had all kinds of numbers all over it. See, with these names, like uh, Bag of Bones, Charlie Smith, uh, you know, Big Red, Earl. <laughs> names like Pinwheel, Sock Daddy, and all kinds of names up there, you know. And they had these numbers, 8 to five, nine seven, sixteen, four. I 7, 16, Well, I, I decided then, you know, I look at this number. Now You can't walk up to somebody and say, excuse me, sir, but what does that thing mean? You, know, you just can't do that. Not when you're 15, you can't. And I see this, I forget, I says, she says, what did all that mean? I says, when you see Dorothy, see, see, it, there's the name of the horse up there, see. She says, oh, yeah. And all those names, see. I say, well, you see, the number after it tells you how good the horse is. Now, like, see that one that says 16 to 1 after. See, it says 16 with a dash to 1. Now, that horse is 16 times better than the one that says 2 to 1. See? I says now, that means that that's a, that's a really good horse. See, now, 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 you see that one over there that says three to five? That's a very bad horse. See, that's a horse that probably, you know, few sorry for They let him run in this race, but, uh, you know, he's not a very good horse. But now, now, you see that one down there at the bottom, the one at the very bottom, the, the one that's got the hundred after it? That's the best horse in the race, see, and everybody knows that. See, they put those numbers up there so they can all bet on it, see. She says, oh, it's very simple then. You just pick the one with the high numbers. I said, well, yeah, you see, but the thing is that the other guys bet on him because they like the horse, you know. I've read the I've the you know, I use the phrase, like the horse. See, I've read these things uh, in the paper. So, yeah, I said, you know, you like the horse? And I said, then the, the bugle goes, I said, oh, gee, bugles, you know, it must be like, yeah. I, I, the only thing I knew about bugles was from Boy Scout camp, see, and that meant it was all out for canoe time or something, you know. And they blow the bugle. And sure enough, out of the track, I see these horses coming. One after the other, they come out. I couldn't believe my eyes. Each one was bigger than the other. You never... Oh, and they walk around the track, and these guys are sitting up on top of them, guys with the yellow jackets and the green jackets, the blue jackets, the big hats, the big goggles. And Dorothy's getting all excited. Her eyes... By the way... I will tell you what happened maybe in another show what later happened to Dorothy you will understand why she started to get excited she was getting her first touch of the high life which later she became quite adept at but uh, nevertheless these horses are walking on I'm looking out there in the track and they start going around the track you know how they have the parade before the track and I see this big thing down there it looked like a big rack see a big thing with a, like like a big fence and all kinds of stuff sticking out of it and Dorothy says what is that well, you know, you just don't tell your girl you don't know anything about it, see? So I said, oh, well, that's, uh, that's, uh, that's, uh, well, that's, uh, those are, those are you see the, those little things there? Those are the phone booths there that, uh, that, uh, if the jockey, he can get off and call, and there's a little phone booth there. She says, oh, well, look, there's one of the horses is going into the phone booth. I said, well, the jockey has to make a call or something there, see? <laughs> I'm telling you, I was a headless. Now when you think back, you know the, did you think of some of the terrible things you said when you were, you know, back in the day with, and she says, Well, look, there's another one going in. Said, yeah, well, you know you know, they're out there. I guess he's calling in his bed or something. And, you know, they they'd have to She's look, they're going in, they're all in there now. And then Bling it goes now, big chalk, oh no. The horses are gone, nothing. I don't see anything. <laughs> Because I can't see around the turn right there. Boom, they're gone. She where did they go? I said, well, I, I don't know. I guess they, I, I, I don't know. Maybe somebody scared them or something. And she said, well and you hear the crowd. Wow, wow. And the I can't see anything. You know, at that point, I'm three and a half feet tall myself. And guys are all around me, jumping up and down. Wow, 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 wow. And... Just between two guys, I could see a little flash. And they're gone. And then I hear again. And the voice. The in The ads will be posted. Ding, 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 ding. The spore car lights up. And all those guys all around me start running around mad and they're tearing things up again. I said, Gee, isn't that exciting? Yeah. Let's go someplace where we can really see it. I said, Okay, well how about that place inside there, where you know, in the middle there? She said, Yeah, there's not many people there. Five minutes later, we are walking knee deep in mud. Not only mud, but there's more stuff that has been left over by horses all over the place. It was incredible. We're watering through this mud. And, and, and Dorothy kept saying, "Gee, whiz. Little did I realize when I came out to see the races that I would get this close to the horses. You know, you don't expect all over my new, my new saddle shoes, and you know, I had these checkered socks and the whole bit. We're walking, and we finally get down into this place where we could see the races. We could just see a little bit of them anyway, enough so that we could make some, some judgment of what this is all about. And I look up on the board. And I see the name in the next race of the horse that I read about in the paper. And I remembered it had said that this horse was undefeated, had never been defeated at this point. Great horse. All the other horses were just out there for the exercise, according to what they said. And this was the great Arlington handicap or whatever the heck the big race was. And everybody was excited. You could see people coming down out of the stands. and Boy, now they're all ready. This is the big race of the day. It is now 2.35, and they're ready for the main event. And uh, the big ones are running. And so I turned to Dorothy, and I said, Dorothy, um, this is the big race. This is what we came for. She said, "Uh, who's going to win? I said, well, uh," I gave her the name of the horse. I read about it in the paper. She said, how do you know? I said, well, oh, you know, when you, you know, you hang around the tracks, you know, these things, uh, you judge them on form, you know, did you notice uh, that some of those horses were skinny, well, uh, you judge them on form, now, you notice that other horse that was out there, number 15 that was out that was a fat one, well, now, you know, you don't bet on that, uh, see, I'd heard the phrase, <laughs> bet them on form, see, and I figured that meant how they, you know, how they looked, you know, <laughs> where, well, you know, whether they were fat or skinny or not, see, I didn't know, you know, form, I said, well, you see, you bet them on form, and and um, that horse is uh, in good shape. He's, uh, he's uh, in good shape. He's very, he runs a lot and he's uh, very strong, and uh, he's in, he's in good shape. She said, "Well, what about the other ones? Now this one there, that uh, Ahmed the third. I said, "Well, you notice it says uh, fifteen to one." After that, he isn't so good really, uh, because uh, you know he could win, but uh, he's uh, got a bad limp or something, and uh, I couldn't figure that out. See, now I'm all confused because my horse. Which I read about in the paper was going off at something like like two to one, you know, or, or, or one to one or something like that. And up to this point, I've been figuring that the best horses have the big numbers. And he's got this little number at them it says uh, three to five. And here there were other horses, 38 to one, 75 to two, uh, you know. <laughs> and I says, Well, uh, you see that one? And she says, Well, I thought you told me that the big numbers meant the good ones. Well,. Uh, well, that's true, uh, except in the case of the uh, the feature race. See, when they have the feature race, well, then they have different rules. That's that's the big race, see? <laughs> you understand, see, the other races are just practice. They they don't mean that, and uh, it's just practice in those races. But this is the big one, see, and when the big one, they have different rules. And uh, the little numbers mean the good horses. Oh. Hmm. Well, uh, what about that one down there? Um. What is his name? Um, attention. That's why it's not a very good horse. See, it's... it's, it's uh, he's down at the bottom of the list. You see, they put the good ones up at the top of the list. <laughs> I still can't quite figure it out. He's down at the bottom there. See, he's down next to the bottom. She says, well, hmm, that's very interesting. And then the horses came out. You should have seen it. It was beautiful. I'll tell you. this: These were the best three-year-olds in the world. You know, they all came out... I didn't know, you know, for a three-year-old. I figured it was kind of interesting that a three-year-old horse could run as good, you know, as he could. Because I knew a lot of three-year-old kids around the neighborhood. They couldn't do anything, you know. they had Nothing. Because I figured the older a horse was, the better he could run at that point. And so these beautiful horses came on. Wow, the sun is being down, and the flags are flying and they had a band playing somewhere, a little Dixie band up on the stand. You know, they're playing. You know the whole business of the horses, you know. I say, Gee, look at that, isn't it? There he is, see. And there was my horse. I remember uh, to this day, I can see him in my minds He had this big tail. He had the biggest tail of all of them, see. Great big bushy tail hanging out there. And what got me, he was the littlest one. He was a little horse. And all these other big horses are walking around. This is a little horse, see? And he's kind of red-colored. Sort of a blackish red color. And boy. This neck. And sitting on top of him was this jockey, this real skinny guy. Long, skinny jockey sitting forward. And he had a number five on the side of him. Big number five. And I said to Dorothy, um, there he is, see? He's... That's him. She gee, he's little, isn't he? He doesn't look like he's going to win to me. I said, well, I mean, I said, you notice, uh, you notice, uh, now, now, you've got to be careful about form, Dorothy. I said, now, do you notice, look at his back leg. Do you see how, see how, see how, uh, uh, um, well, see, it's form. See, uh, do you notice, uh... Well, you notice he isn't sweating like the other one. See, you notice that one behind him is sweating? Well, he's sweating, see? And uh, that shows he's not nervous. <laughs> yeah, and uh, you notice, uh, she says, well, gee, I don't know, that that number 12 there, that, that one looks pretty tough, the one in the back there. I said, oh, that, that, that voice, uh attention, that, that's not much of a horse. You know, he's down at the bottom of the list there. I said, you see, uh, maybe he knows somebody. You know, the owner, they put his name on the list there. And she says, well, that looks pretty good. I said, well, you know what I'm going to do, Dorothy? She said, what? I said, I... I think I'm going to bet. She said, going to what? This is something you did not do at the Warren G. Harding school. I said, well, oh, what going a bet? She said, well, who do you want to bet? Well, I don't know. I guess one of these guys around here, you know? <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't bet that the... So I went up to a guy standing by the rail there. He's looking out. You know, he's a cool-looking cat, and he's got a couple of binoculars hanging down, and he's got little tickets sticking out all over him. I said, excuse me, uh, uh, do you want a bet? He said, what do you want, kid? I said, do you want a bet? I've... Would you like to bet? He said, what are you, huh? You some kind of a shill or what? I said, well, you want a bet? He said, you put me... Are you a cop? No, I'm not a cop. uh, You want a bet. He said, Look, kid, if you want to buy a ticket on a race, buy a ticket on a race. Don't come around here and bug me. Buy a ticket on a race? I got a pass. So you putting me on, kid? No. (laughs) He looked at me, and I suddenly realized this guy's really looking at me now. He said, How old are you, kid? 31. Oh. 31, huh? I said, well, how old are you? You know, kids always ask each other how old they are. I said, well, how old are you? He said, 22. (laughs) He was the first gray-haired 22 guy ever said. I said, oh. I said, well, I'm older than you. He said, look, kid, how much you got to bet? 242? He said, Look, why don't you go and buy a $2 ticket? He says, You go around the back, and he says, You see the sign that says $2 on it? He says, You go up to the $2 window there. That's called the $2 window, kid. You give him your $2, and you tell him, Number 12. You say, Number 12. I said, Number 12? That's that big, skinny one out there. That is correct. You say number 12. And so I go back into the crowd, and I head to the window, Seeing, I says, what do you mean, this guy? He must own number 12. That's That one is way at the bottom of the list. Number five's going to win. So I get in line. There's a bunch of people. And one after the other, they go through Seeing, they come away with these little green tickets. I always remember it was green, and it had red printing on it. All kinds of funny numbers, like twelve, thirty-six, 36, slash, ding-dong, with little horseshoe on it and all that. And so I go up to the window, and I said to the guy, I'll have a $2 ticket, please. It's said, win, place, a show? I said, what? He said, win, place, a show, kid? I don't have all time. Let's go. The two-minute bell is just rung. I said, uh, uh, oh, win, win. He said, all right, what do you want it on? I said, uh, number five. Number five, ding dong, boing, boom, plop. There goes my two bucks, and I get this little ticket, see? <laughs> and now I'm in the crowd, and I'm running back. I'm trying to get back to the track, you know, and all I, and then I hear ding 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 ding. Warning sound ding ding. All windows are closed, ding, 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 ding. And all the guys are running back to the track. And I find Dorothy. And just as I get to Dorothy, they say, Hand they're off. And all I can see between the feet of these guys is this sudden blur, 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 blur. The horses are gone. And I just saw that blur. And I said, we got number five. We're going to win. I said, you know, we're going to have a lot of money. We can go out and have dinner and everything else. Blur, 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 blur. They go past again. And then I hear, "Wow!" And I hear this voice. And number one across the finish line was 12. Attention, number 12 by three full lengths. Number six, number six. Big Charlie was second by three full lengths. And coming in, number third, was number five. Number five was third, and there is an objection on that. Hold up, number five ticket. Coming in fourth was number three. Number three. My horse came in, number three. And there was a big sign that said objection. And then all of a sudden it said objection sustained to be placed last. My horse was last. And that guy with the straw hat came past. He said, see, kid, I told you. You got some dough now in your pocket, huh? huh? Number 12. Oh, well. Always glad to help a kid out. You know, kid, uh, you're pretty well preserved for 31. But yeah. And this guy's got a wad. He, he, he had a ball of money about the size of a bowling ball. He must have put $500 on number 12 that came in at 15 to 1. I don't have to tell you, friends. That was a long drive home. First of all, I was trying to milk three cups of gas. I had 17 cents in my pocket. I had been witness to the first defeat of one of the great horse races of all time. And incidentally, it was to prove to be... The only time he ever got beaten in a major stake race. And I will give you a clue. It was not Man of War, friends. That was a long time before that. Oh, man. And you know, since that time, I have never bet another red cent on any horse of any type. Not one red cent. And I listen now to guys with straw hats. They know. (laughs)